The stories contained in this podcast are the recollections of the guests we've invited onto the show. We are an outlet for people to share their truths, and we accept no legal responsibilities for the stories contained herein. I'm Kendra Sheets. And I'm Rich Gill. And this is Enough, a podcast that aims to shine light into the darkened corners of the music industry while discussing the ways we can and should improve ourselves and in turn our community. Welcome to another episode of the Enough Podcast. On this week's episode of Subtext, we're going to be discussing something that, while I feel it needs to be discussed, I wish we didn't have to really talk about at all. And that is Lizzo and her lawsuits. For those out there who have lived under a rock for the last four years, we'll give a little background on who Lizzo is. Um, She is an international pop star. Uh, She started off in the rap and hip hop community. She was born in Detroit and then moved to Houston and then ended up in college in Minneapolis. Yay, Minneapolis. Yay. (laughs) And uh, she broke through the mainstream back in 2019 with her hit, Cause I Love You. And it seemed like the successes from that point just started rolling in. Her single, Good As Hell, while it was originally released back in 2016, became an international hit in 2020. And that kind of rekindled some of her older work um, and brought a lot of her older stuff to the current kind of forefront. She also became known as a beacon of self-love and self-acceptance because of the lyrics in her songs. She's won four Grammys, a primetime Emmy, two, actually, Soul Train Music Awards, a Billboard Music Award, a BET Award, and apparently some sort of Guinness World Record. That I didn't know. Yes. She's been on TV twerking and playing the flute, which seems to piss off like a whole bunch of old white dudes, which I was super into. She started a size-inclusive shapewear line called Yitty. She's put out hit after hit over the last so many years, and they're all about being vulnerable and human and in love and being broken up with and just being herself and being okay with that. And ultimately, throughout all of this time, she's come to almost signify inclusive feminism and on top of all that being that she kind of sort of but not really got her start in minneapolis yay minneapolis yay minneapolis <laughs> she actually played the movie theater that i used to manage back in like 2009 2010 something like that it was awesome to see someone who lived here at one point break through to the mainstream because if there's one thing minnesota loves It's claiming musicians as our own, despite them not really getting popular until after they move away. Bob Dylan, (laughs) The Hold Steady, other great examples. Moving on. Despite Lizzo's numerous accolades and accomplishments in her rise to mainstream visibility, she wasn't without controversy. In 2021, she dropped a lyric in the song Rumors about former Degrassi Junior High star and current semi-problematic rapper Drake, and then later said he was, quote, very cool in an interview with Zane Lowe. He's not very cool. Drake, of course, courted controversy with, among other things, which you can Google and very easily find. One of those things was carrying on a text relationship with a then-underage Millie Bobby Brown of Stranger Things fame, which, whether you think it was appropriate or not, whether he was just helping her navigate fame or being creepy, Regardless, it was definitely questionable. It was definitely number two. Yeah, absolutely. Lizzo also raised eyebrows after posting video of her and her DJ, Sophia Aris, posing for pics and video with noted brutal domestic abuser, Chris Brown, and saying that Brown was, quote, her favorite person in the whole fucking world. 
uh, just another disgusting, gross thing. Um, you can all you all remember what Chris Brown did, the numerous things that he did. If you don't, Google is your friend. And speaking of DJ Sophia Aris, it was also noted that she attended Harmar Superstar's wedding after allegations were made against him by several women, ranging from unwanted, inappropriate comments to sexual assault. Aris was also one of the people behind an all-woman-owned music venue that raised almost $70,000 via GoFundMe and was slated to open in Minneapolis, but to this day has not. And the backers of that place have not responded to community questions about the status of the project and what happened to all of the money that was donated. So, lots of great things that both of them have done, but also lots of questionable things in the past, which brings us to where we are. And so now we get into kind of the crux of why we're talking about Lizzo today. So earlier this year, on August 1st, three of Lizzo's former dancers filed a lawsuit against her, Lizzo's production company, which is called Big Girl Big Touring Inc., or BGBT, and her dance captain, Shirlene Quigley. The dancers have alleged sexual, religious, and racial harassment, along with disability discrimination, assault, and false imprisonment, which... I went through this pretty thoroughly, and I still haven't quite figured out what false imprisonment really entails here, but I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, but we can get to all of that later. With so many of the cases which have come before, once this announcement of the lawsuit went public and the statements from the accusers went public, others have then come forward to not only show their support for the accusers, but to also share their own similar stories. While we're going to discuss the ins and outs of the lawsuit, we're not going to delve too far into the non-abused and non-assault aspects, being what the podcast is what it is, but the entire thing is extremely multifaceted and complex, and if you're interested, you should definitely go on an internet deep dive. There are no lack of resources about uh, what's going on here. There's one main incident that many of the allegations stem from, though. Lizzo and her dancers were on tour in Amsterdam when she invited them to an all-nude dance club in the infamous Red Light District. The dancers claimed that they complied because they felt pressure to do so and they were in fear of losing their jobs. While at the club, Lizzo began a chant to try to get one of her dancers, Ariana Davis, to touch one of the nude dancer's breasts. The lawsuit states, Ms. Davis said three times, loud enough for all to hear, I'm good, expressing her desire not to touch the performer. Davis eventually acquiesced, fearing it may harm her future on the team. And there was more chanting, more coercion to have the dancers eat bananas, which were placed in the nude dancer's genitalia. That's the one I think that everyone's probably already heard about. There was a lot of yeah. reels and TikToks and comments and posts and all types of shit about that one, because that's the most like clickbait worthy out of all of them. But like, what the fuck? Yeah. Also, I think it's worth pointing out that the statement about fearing that they would lose their job, I, I assume most of the people who listen to this podcast follow Lizzo on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. She's always been very open about going to strip clubs and being a highly sexual person, which, you know, we're not uh, shaming in any way or saying that's a bad thing. But when you have this sort of well, it's just like, just because you are this doesn't mean everyone else is that too. Just because this is your world and other people are in your world doesn't mean they function the same way that you do. Right, exactly. When you're surrounded by all of this 
and that's not who you are, it can feel like I have to go along with this. And there's the power dynamic aspect exactly. as well. Yes, 100%. So those three dancers also alleged that later that exact same night, Lizzo, quote, badgered a member of her security team to get on stage where she pulled down his pants and hit him with whips, end quote. Again, out of context seems really bad. In the night, depends if you were there or not. It really depends on what that security team member felt as well. But if you feel like you're being coerced into a situation and you're witnessing this, this looks seems like an absolute shit show. Like you're far away from home. This is out of your control. And you're worried about losing your job in another country across an ocean. It could be really scary. They continued and said that about one week later, Lizzo took that same dance team out without telling them where they were going and ended up at a nude cabaret bar in Paris. So it's kind of similar situation. Outside of this incident, the lawsuit alleges mistreatment from the BGBT team, who consisted of, quote, white Europeans who accused the black members of the dance team of being lazy, unprofessional, and having bad attitudes, end quote. So you've got it coming from the main star. You have it from the team who's also not only involved on the day-to-day of the, the tour that they're on, but also was still located most likely back in Los Angeles. So you've got kind of this all-encompassing situation where these three women, may possibly along with other people, are feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, 100%. Ariana Davis also describes incidents where she says she was fat-shamed by Lizzo and her choreographer, Tanisha Scott. The lawsuit states, quote, Lizzo and Ms. Scott pressed Ms. Davis for an explanation why she seemed less bubbly and vivacious than she did prior to the tour starting. In professional dance, a dancer's weight gain is often seen as that dancer getting lazy or worse off as a performer. Lizzo and Ms. Scott's questions about Ms. Davis's commitment to the tour were thinly veiled concerns about Ms. Davis's weight gain, which Lizzo had previously called attention to after noticing it at the South by Southwest Music Festival. End quote. Davis was eventually fired for taping a meeting. So after these three dancers spoke out publicly, uh, as we'd mentioned, additional allegations were made against the pop star by at least six people who had either toured with Lizzo or worked with her on her reality show, Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. Then on September 21st, again of this year, a former tour stylist named Asha Danielle filed a lawsuit against Lizzo, BGBT, a wardrobe manager, and a tour manager. This lawsuit describes a, quote, unsafe, sexually charged workplace culture, end quote, that allegedly encouraged misconduct. There's a lot of allegations in this one about the backstage manager and her discussing hiring sex workers and buying drugs and all of that. We're not going to do a deep dive too far into that at all because they don't really concern Lizzo directly. However, the lawsuit claims that Lizzo and her team were aware of the manager's conduct, which included verbally harassing, shoving, and threatening crew members. Now, after the three dancers spoke out publicly, a documentarian named Sophia Nali Allison, who was hired to do a documentary on Lizzo, shared her experience and stated that in 2019, they were traveling and she was treated with such disrespect that she walked off the project after just two weeks. Quote, I witnessed how arrogant, self-centered, and unkind she is. End quote. Courtney Howlandquest, another former dancer who is not part of the lawsuit, stated that what the women shared also aligned with her experiences. And Lizzo's former creative director, Gwen Wilson, backed up Howlandquest by sharing her post and adding that she was part of that world as well. And 
as to be expected, on August 3rd, Lizzo shared a screenshot of her notes app, as Uh, they always seem to do. That old move. To her Instagram account, which denied the allegations. Uh, She lawyered up, hiring Hollywood's Marty Singer, who has notably also worked with Jonah Hill, Chris Brown, Bill Cosby, Charlie Sheen, and a whole laundry list of other celebrities. And on September 27th of this year, Lizzo filed her first legal document, which asked the court to dismiss the lawsuit with prejudice. And that means that if the court approves that, those dancers are not able to refile. At this time, currently, right now, Lizzo has two separate lawsuits pending with the exact same judge presiding over both, which is not unheard of, but kind of tricky and strange. We don't know at this point if they're going to the jury. We don't know if it's going to be handled just with the judge in court. So having two under the same judge where you don't know their temperament could go either way. Now, why did we go into this whole thing to explain a lawsuit against a strong, powerful, black, supposedly body-positive woman? Because while this case has not yet even hit court, it is so meaningful. These accusations outline the shitty working conditions of the music industry that so many of us glamorize and the lack of accountability that exists in that space. The job is filled with long, physically grueling hours and short-term contracts, which can be negated early, among other things. Martha Davis, a law professor at Northeastern University, stated, quote, The sort of workplace described by the plaintiffs lends itself to harassment and exploitation. In this case, for example, there were not clear lines between employees' own time and their jobs while on the tour, end quote. Think back to the dancer's statements about how they felt coerced into partaking in the nude club in Amsterdam. They felt like their jobs were at stake. And this is different than you and your friends getting into a van and doing like a basement tour or like a small coffee shop punk tour or something like that. Lizzo is at the point where she is a brand. She employs lots of people and those lines get blurred in a way that people need to be really careful about. When you're that big, you have this control over people that you didn't when you're just a small garage band starting out. So this goes into a lot of interesting aspects of touring that we don't always think about as people who come from the, you know, indie rock, punk, hardcore scene, where it is just like some friends in a van touring across the country. I mean, it's a production. It's a, yeah, it's a huge production. They cart in like fireworks and shit. And if you're carting in fireworks, like you've made it. That's how I see it. <laughs> if you, if you moved on from like one van to you're bringing in like 10 semis worth of Staging and lighting and, you know, (laughs) LED screens. Yeah, Yeah. it's a different production altogether. For sure. (laughs) So as we've gone through this, it's, it's obvious that this lawsuit, these allegations have shattered or at least put a fairly decent side stent in the public persona of Lizzo as we knew her, which was a woman who is known internationally for promoting body positivity, for uplifting marginalized voices and for celebrating plus-sized people. The lawsuit alleges that she, at times, is the exact opposite of all of the things that we've known her for. It shows the dangers of idolization of celebrities. It makes us all step back and realize that 
While I'm sure that Lizzo started off with the best, most body positive and inclusive intentions when she started her career, anyone's personality can be turned into a product to be bought and sold with the help of executives. While the lawsuit will likely end up in a payout to the dancers, Lizzo will ultimately face more blowback, specifically from those stupid monster asshole douchebags online, um, than any sort of white male star would, like Johnny Depp, for example. And this is due to the rampant sexism, racism, and fat phobia, which still plague Hollywood and, in turn, plagues our culture. Enough is a podcast centering on surviving abuse, harassment, and assault in the music scene. To help get the word out, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. If you have been on the receiving end of harm from someone, be it artist, venue owner, booking agent, audience member, or someone else, and would like to share your story on a future episode, please reach out to us at thisisenoughpodcast at gmail.com. All correspondences are kept confidential.